0: so glad you guys are here today Um, i'm very excited to share the message that i have uh before i get into that i just want to issue a a very specific and personal uh, invitation uh, to all of our volunteers and leaders Uh, i do believe that god has equipped every person to be a functioning member of a local church Every person has a gift that enables them to be a functioning member of a local church, and uh, there's there's no gift of seat warming, uh, and everyone has a place. And thank God for all of our volunteers. We are a volunteer-powered church, uh, and we are so grateful everybody that works in the parking lot as a greeter as an usher in kids ministry student ministry this incredible worship team is primarily uh volunteers and our church is full of great volunteers. And I'm encouraging everyone uh, to own their place and be a volunteer in the house of God. Once a quarter, we get all of our volunteers together for an event we call Heart for the House. And that is coming up this Thursday night. Uh, Every three months we get together. And I am inviting you personally and specifically and with as much urging as I can as a volunteer or a leader to be here on Thursday night. We start right at 7, we end right at 8.30, and there's something amazing and powerful about a church that functions together in unity. Psalm 133 says uh, that how blessed it is when brothers dwell together in unity because in that place of unity, there is a commanded blessing from heaven. I I like a commanded blessing, don't you? I mean, a blessing is good, but a commanded blessing, that's an incredible thing. And unity is not just passively, I don't cause any trouble. Unity is I am yoking up and I am pulling in the same direction as my church goes, or unity with family, unity with work, unity everywhere. So I I am urging you, if you are one of our volunteers, over 350 plus people are volunteers in our church. Be here Thursday night. I've got some things to share. They're going to cast vision for the next season that's in front of us. I'm believing God for 2017 to be the greatest year ever for our church. And that's going to come as a result of all of us getting on board with it. So be here Thursday night, 7 o'clock. We'll have child care ready for you. We're actually giving out $100 bills. No, we're not. No, we're not. We thought about it. We decided against it. But uh, today I want to talk about uh, a concept called sphere theory. It's not easy to say. Sphere theory. Try saying it. Sphere theory. Good job. Uh, we are in, still in 2 Corinthians, which in actuality started back in 1992, uh, but uh, just walking through 2 Corinthians, wide open spaces, uh, but I felt like I wanted to park on a couple of concepts that are super valuable. So we spent uh, uh, several weeks, 2 Corinthians 10, uh, talking about uh, strongholds, your thoughts turn into your reasonings, which turn into your strongholds and your mindsets and the way you think, how, empower- how powerful that is. Today I want to talk about a concept that has literally changed my life personally that's why i'm excited to share it with you because i over the over the years that i've walked with the lord uh, i've had a a couple of kind of paradigm-shifting, axis-turning revelations that have made a huge difference in, in my life and, and in the way I view life and view God and view the way things are. When, you know, when I began to get a revelation of the abundance of God and began to realize that God's able to make all grace abound to me so that always having all sufficiency in everything, I may have an abundance for every good deed. When I started thinking abundance, it started realizing God is a God of abundance, El Shaddai, the God who is more than enough, and got away from scarcity, it just changed everything about the way that I live. When I began to understand the grace of God versus legalism and rules and regulations, it it absolutely changed my life. When I began to understand that God is more interested in my believing than my behaving— Good believing creates good behaving, but good believing does a lot of things in your world. I've had a several things that have, have sort of shifted. This concept that I'm gonna talk about starting today and it's taking a few weeks in, is actually born out of a, a pretty difficult season for me as a leader, and it, it shifted my leadership perceptions quite a bit and and i begun to see because i've been walking in this idea for about 10 years now and i began to see that it isn't just a a leadership paradigm it's a relationship paradigm it's a life paradigm it's a it's a business paradigm it's a financial paradigm it's a kingdom of God paradigm and so uh, I want us to look at this passage you're gonna be hear me reading this uh, several times over the next few weeks but there's so much in this second Corinthians 10 verse 12 starts with this for we are not bold to class or compare ourselves with some of those Who commend themselves but when they measure themselves by themselves and compare themselves with themselves they are without understanding but we will not boast beyond our measure but within the measure of the sphere which god apportioned to us as a measure to reach even as far as you for we are not overextending ourselves as if we did not reach to you for we were the first to come even as far as you in the gospel of christ not boasting beyond our measure that is in other men's labors but with the hope that as your faith grows we shall be within our sphere enlarged even more by you so i'm captured by this this phrase The measure of the sphere that God has apportioned to me. The measure of the sphere that God has apportioned to you. Every one of us has a a sphere of influence, a sphere of people, a a sphere of calling, a, a sphere of concern, of responsibility, a sphere of privilege, a sphere of anointing, a sphere of influence that are our God-assigned sphere. And when we begin to recognize what has God assigned to me as a sphere, we begin to walk in God's best for our lives. So when I when I unpack this to make this practical as possible, I recognize that my assignment sphere is includes Suzette as my wife. So she is an assignment from heaven. A, a happy assignment for me. And loving her. Blessing her, covering her, supporting her, taking care of her, encouraging her. Everything I can do to help her fulfill God's best for her life, that is my assignment. That is a part of my assignment as her husband. Nobody else has that assignment, I have it. I'm the only husband she has. Amen. And I will guard the borders of my assignments. <laughs> Tori, Elizabeth, my daughters are assigned to me by heaven to be my daughters. And through the years, I mean, they're, they're a little bit older now, but anybody that has kids that have, that have grown up, To a certain level you understand they don't ever stop being your kids you you don't ever stop caring being concerned worried now you just can't tell them no you can't hang out with him (laughs) right when they were 10 you could say no you're not going over there but, uh, but, you know, I, I recognize this. Even when my girls, I can remember specific years when my girls were, were really young and the Holy Spirit said, you got to dial into them. You got to tune into them. They need their dad this year. You got to, they are, you, you, no one else can be their daddy. You have, you are assigned to them. I, I believe that Asheville is my God-given assignment. I don't even know that I've wanted Asheville. TO BE MY GOD-GIVEN ASSIGNMENT, SOMETIMES. THERE HAVE BEEN MOMENTS IN THE PAST WHERE I HAVE SAID, LORD, PLEASE, JUST LIKE JESUS PRAYED, LORD, COULD YOU DELIVER ME FROM THIS CUP, I HAVE PRAYED THAT PRAYER AND LOOKED AND sought GOD, AND GOD HAS MADE CLEAR TO ME THAT THIS IS MY GOD-GIVEN ASSIGNMENT, AMEN so this church is my assignment leading this church loving this church pastoring this church is my assignment building church is my assignment i'm i know i'm not going to sell houses i'm building a church i'm not going to fix plumbing i'm building a church you know, believe me, if gifting tells you what your assignment is, I'm not fixing any plumbing. Being a spiritual father to the people who receive me as a spiritual father, I, I take that as an assignment from heaven. It's not something I treat lightly. I believe that there are other people that may be called to help me in some of these assignments i believe some people are called assigned to help build this church no question but ultimately i have this sphere that's been assigned to me this this thing these things that god wants me to do some things are in my assignment fear, sphere but some things are not some things are outside of my sphere, and there are certain for you and for me, there are certain appointed things by heaven that are in our sphere. We can and we should grow our sphere, and that's what we're going to be talking about for the next few weeks and even understanding what it means to have a, a sphere of influence, a sphere of life, an assignment sphere. But... I realize that there are some things that are just beyond my sphere Uh, I would say arguably the greatest basketball player that has ever lived is Michael Jordan you might disagree with me and I don't I I don't care really doesn't I don't care if you're wrong at all but uh, no I I don't care put it this way he was good he was really good it was magic to watch him play basketball. It was tragic to watch him try to play baseball. <laughs> Anybody? It's like, he, he talk about a guy that got outside of his sphere. <laughs> Charles Barkley was uh, one of the original members of the Olympic basketball dream team. He was a monster. I mean, the guy could play basketball. But have you ever seen Charles Barkley's golf swing? You, you should YouTube it. Not now, but you should YouTube it at some point and see that obviously God assigned to him a sphere of basketball, but not a sphere of golf. And I think one of the great issues to clarify in our life is, what is my assignment What is my identity? Because they're tied together. Who am I? And what am I supposed to do with my life? What is my assignment from heaven? Paul recognized that not every city, not every place, not every people group was part of his assignment, but that the Corinthian church was within his assignment. And he said, I'm not overextending myself beyond the sphere God measured out to me. I like, this, I like to picture my sphere as a solar system uh, that, it, that revolves around me. And I want you to picture your sphere for a few moments. I think you'll get this, that your, your, your sphere is like a solar system. That, that revolving around you are the things that God has assigned to you. That life and people and resources and opportunities and all the things that God has created you for are revolving around you as the center of your solar system, of your sphere. Now, I'm not saying you are the center of the solar system. You're not the center of the universe. God is the center of the universe. Jesus is the center of the solar system. Our our story is to be a supporting cast to him who the real story is all about. Come on. All right, don't be Presbyterian on me. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm telling you, Jesus is the center of it all. Somebody ought to say amen. God is not just first. He's center. Everything revolves around him. Everything revolves around Jesus. But what I want to drill down on for us and establish is this. Once you, once I, once we have established God as the center of the story, the center of the universe, then I have to realize that the most important person in my life is me. Because God is a good God who has resourced you and I with everything we need to fulfill life and godliness he's a good god who wants to bless anybody believe that yes. he has un god has unlimited capacity but you have capacity i have capacity and the truth is what limits what god can do in my life is my faith or my ability to take a risk Are my love for people, for God, for the work that He's called me to, my ceilings, my thinking, my perspective, my attitude, my outlook. And I'm saying that you and I have to understand this idea that God's apportioned a measure to us, God's apportioned, if you will, a solar system to us, and I have to keep increasing my capacity to receive what he wants to pour out. Everybody follow me so far, right? What he wants to do. And I, and I want you to picture your sphere as a solar system. So here's how it all started for me uh, several years ago. My understanding of leadership uh, was that leaders are top-down managers of what they've been called to lead. So you got a vision and now you are delegating, you're giving orders, you're giving direction, you're managing people, you're managing product, I mean projects, and it's, it's all leaders are top-down managing what's around them. And I began to see that God's way of leadership and God's way of actually living is not just me top-down managing my money, my relationships, my projects, my all the stuff, it's actually me at the center of a solar system and revolving around me are people and resources and opportunities that are creating this fear that God has given me. I'm I'm trying to draw a picture for you. You're not the center of the universe, but you are the center of your universe. You are, life and people orbit around you. It's not, your job is not just to, from the top, manage and control, command and control. Your job is, as the center of your solar system, there are people that want to be in your solar system. There are opportunities that will be attracted to your calling. Am I preaching this better than your amen in it? Or? So I want to take a few weeks and talk about this idea and develop this, but let's start with this six key ingredients to growing your sphere one is attraction, two is presence, three is density. somebody says i know some people who are like that four is love five is invitation six is culture attraction presence density love invitation culture today i just want to talk about the first one for a few minutes i want to talk about attraction and today my message is entitled the attraction factor so mark 1 uh, verse 17 jesus said to them Follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Don't you find it interesting that Jesus didn't call us to be hunters of men or women, but he called us to be fishers? Fishing is about attraction, hunting is about aggression. I'm not a hunter, I don't really care for it. I don't mind if anybody else does it, but I don't care for it. Uh, but I remember as a little boy, my dad used to take me fishing, and we'd get up early in the morning and, uh, and this was a part of this is my fishing memories. We'd go out, and, and the thing I remember the most about fishing with my dad was, he, we always ate those little cans of Vienna sausage. You know what that little yellow gel stuff that's in there who who knows what is in Vienna sausage (laughs) and then the other health food that we ate uh, was potted meat that's right it's a miracle I'm here but i remember i remember us going out fishing and it was just a regular thing and we ate it on saltine crackers so come on man vienna <laughs> potted meat on a saltine cracker is that's, that is that is the breakfast of champions for any eight-year-old boy i am sorry that, just, that is good stuff right there and so we go fishing And what I do remember about going fishing with my dad was that depending on what kind of fish we wanted to catch, it affected what kind of bait we used. Because some fish, would we'd throw a lure out and reel it in and the fish would see that little shiny thing or whatever it was and bite it. And sometimes we'd go fishing and it would be a worm or a piece of something, meat of some kind, on a hook with a little uh, floater and sit there and just wait for it. But, but in other words, you gotta use the right bait for the right fish. You gotta attract what you want. Your orbit, your sphere is built out of attraction. Now follow me on this because I know this idea has kind of been hijacked. Uh, by some new agey types, but I just want us to see the biblical idea. People come and people stay in your world because they're attracted to you. They want to. And an element that I've noticed about great leaders is great leaders have an attraction factor. There's something that people want to be around them. They want to be in the world, the solar system, the sphere that is around a leader. They don't follow your leadership because they have to. They eventually follow your leadership because they want to. So... I see it at first I begin to see it as a leadership principle but then I begin to see it as a as a life principle that it's pretty much everything that God would assign to you in life is eventually going to be attracted to you so my encouragement to each one of us today is work on your attraction factor Because that is actually what's going to decide what gets attracted to your orbit, to your sphere, and what gets repelled. Don't take for granted that the people in your world have to stay in your world. Sometimes people get married and they quit trying. I said, sometimes people get married and they stop brushing their teeth. They stop taking showers. They stop writing little love notes. They stop dating. They stop courting. Because you said yes, now you're supposed to. Amen. Amen. You are preaching past call. <laughs> Don't expect people to stay in your orbit because they're supposed to. Some may, but many will not. This is my observation. Uh, and again, I'm asking you to apply this to a lot of arenas, but as a pastor, Uh, I've watched people come to church in clumps and leave church in clumps, in groups. I would like to think that people are coming to the church because they're attracted to the vision. But I've realized that a lot of people are just here because their friends are here. In other words... They're here for their reasons, not my reasons. And if their friends leave, they leave. They they follow their friends more than they follow their leaders. Just an observation because that's their circle, that's their sphere, that's their solar system. It's the way it works. the law of attraction is it's literally a law of creation genesis 1 uh, verse 24 25 god said let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind everybody say after their kind after their kind cattle creeping things beasts of the earth after their kind and it was so god made the beasts of the earth after their kind the cattle after their kind everything that creeps on the ground after its kind, and God saw that it was good. So we attract after our kind. So dogs are attracted to dogs. Cats are attracted to cats. Negative people complainers, cynics, political pundits, big thinkers, worshipers, faith-filled, achievers, we are attracted to our kind. We always are. I remember when Suzette and I, we were youth pastors for seven, eight years. And I always used to know this when we go away to a camp or go away to an event. I knew, I always knew I could locate the trouble group because I knew what kids in my group were trouble. And it was amazing to me that within the first hour or two, all the trouble kids would find each other and start causing trouble. Because people are attracted to their kind everybody is you, you walk into a room you walk into a party you walk into a uh, you know a church and eventually who we are attracts our kind we're drawn to people that are like us so what I'm going to suggest to you is that you start looking at for a season what are you attracting because If you're looking around you and going, look at all these losers. (laughs) That's a thought. We, We attract or repel basically based on who we are. Right. So the truth is, the fact that I love Jesus and I want to worship him and I want to serve him is attracting some people, but it's repelling some people. And i I got to understand that idea. So the law of attraction leads to the law of reproduction. Right? <laughs> Come on. Come on, you're not that holy. <laughs> <They're> <laughs> I'm not going to drill down too far on this because could, we could all be in serious trouble. But attraction is the beginning of reproduction. So dogs reproduce and cats reproduce and we all continue to reproduce or produce after our own kind and i think obviously come on as believers we want to reproduce other believers hello don't we right as a leader we want to reproduce other leaders we reproduce after our kind so, we don't reproduce what we want. We actually reproduce what we are. Because if you got the measles, you're not spreading chickenpox. Right? You and I are eventually reproducing what we really are. That's why I'm saying to get this idea that it's not so much about changing what you do, it's about changing who you are. Because you might want something different than is existing in your world today, and you might try to manage it top down and control it and get it to do what you want it to do anybody hearing me on this but it's not that's not the way it happens it is you attracting to yourself so i think it's worthwhile to go well what do you attract do you attract opportunity do you attract money do you attract people or do you repel do you attract conflict do you attract problems I'm not trying to put anything negative on anybody I'm just trying to get us to make the shift Doesn't it seem that some people are always attracting people, and some people are always repelling people, right? I mean, doesn't it seem that some people have this way of attracting money, and other people... (laughs) Some people attract all kinds of opportunities, but some people attract all kinds of problems. Some seem to attract, some seem to repel. And what I want to say is would you work on your attraction factor to attract what you want in your life? Keep working on it. Work on it with your spouse, work on it with your kids, work on it with your friends. Work on it with your work. Most people don't lose their job because of technical deficiency. It's usually a relational conflict. Jim Rohn has always said, we attract success by what we become, not by what we do. Get rid of the things that repel the things you want to attract. So I'm asking you to think about this. I either attract or repel opportunities or people or money or problems or the Holy Spirit or parasites, and I can can change who I am that's the beauty you're not you're not a dog you're not a cat you're not a you're not a bug you can change that's good news amen and and i i say this as somebody who's had to go through the almost the meat grinder on this myself if you keep finding oranges on the tree It's an orange tree. You can't keep saying, it's the weather. It's the soil. It's the rain. It's the snow. No, that is coming from you. And your sphere, your solar system comes out of who you really are. I want to pray with you i want you to bow your heads and i want you to close your eyes and i want us to focus our attention for a minute on on this most important idea what's at the center of your solar system you know for years astronomers and uh, those who built calendars could never get things right because they kept thinking the earth was the center of our solar system It wasn't until they recognized that the sun was the center of our solar system that everything else came together. Here's what I'm saying to you. No matter how much you might get your act together, you still got to stop somewhere and go, I am not the center of the universe. God is. And if I will build my orbit around God as center, Jesus as Lord, then my life can start to come together and be everything God has created me to be. And I just want to take a moment here, every head is bowed, every eye is closed. You are in a place, we are for you. We believe in a God who is for you. If you've maybe never just submitted yourself really to the Lordship of Jesus, I would love to pray with you for you to take that first step. Maybe you're here today and you used to be close to the Lord, but you're not now, and you know it, and it's time for you to come back. Or maybe you just feel unsure about where you stand with God. I just want to pray with you, and nobody's looking around, but if you say, Pastor, I, I want to give my life to Christ, or I know I need to come back, or I just don't feel confident, but would you pray with me? Because I want to feel sure. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand right now all over this room. God bless you. God bless you. Come on, thank you. God bless you. Just be honest. I'm not, act- I'm not asking you get your act together. I'm asking you to submit your heart. God bless you, sir. Thank you. Come on, just be honest. Lift your hand real high. Just let me see it all over the room. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. God bless you. Anybody else that just says, yeah, I know I need to reorient. I need. I need God at the center. I need Jesus as Lord of my life. God bless you, thank you so much. Come on. Thank you. Hey, let's pray this prayer together. This is for all the people across this room that lifted their hand, but I'd like for us all to say this together. Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I want you. I need you as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I'm sorry. I come to the cross where you paid the price for my forgiveness. I submit my life to your Lordship help me become the person you've created me to be amen come on let's thank the lord